listening to PetLifeRadio.com. What Were You Thinking? is brought to you by Dog.com. For everything and anything dog, shop Dog.com today for all the top brands. Greenies, Frontline, Kong, Nylabone, Royal Canin, and more. Shop at Dog.com and use the promo code SADTHINK, S-A-D-T-H-I-N-K, and get $15 off your order of $75 or more. You've had a long day at work, and you can't wait to just get home, take off your shoes, plop yourself down in your favorite chair, and relax. You walk up to your tranquil residential home and your neatly manicured lawn in your quiet suburban neighborhood, put the key in the lock, open the door, and... Yes, the pets have gone wild! What were you thinking? Welcome to the show about everything you always wanted to know about exotic pets. Where to get them, what to feed them, and how to care for them. You'll even find out why some people live with a monkey. Now, here's your host, exotic pet expert and author, Bob Tart. Hey, Bob, what were you thinking? Hi, I'm Bob Tart, author of the books Enslaved by Ducks and Foul Weather. And we've got our very first trans-Pacific guest today, and we're talking to Karen Riddell, who lives in Sydney, Australia, and she has been a professional pet sitter for five years now. Karen loves her job because she gets to learn about and experience caring for a quite a wide variety of pets. No day is ever the same for her, I should say, I guess no two days. Uh, here's some of the animals that Karen has looked after. House and yard rabbits, and I'm going to have to hear about the, <laughs> the yard rabbits. Uh, guinea pigs, rats, mice, oxalotls, seahorses, aquarium fish, frogs, bearded dragons, cockatoos, galahs. Did I say that right, Karen? <laughs> okay. Budgies, rainbow, lorikeets, etc. Karen says that she is happy to look after any animal as long as she has time to research their care and the owner is willing to show her exactly what has to be done. And the more specific, the better. Hey, Karen, how you doing? I'm well, thanks, Bob. How are you? Great, great. Thanks so much for coming on the show. Thanks for having me. Oh, sure, sure. Uh, my first question for you is how soon can you get over here? <laughs> it's uh, it's very difficult for my wife and I to, to ever get out of town. We have uh, probably about 50 animals here. When we do take trips, we found that it's really difficult to, you know, get, to get a pet sitter. We've had some good experiences with some good people, but we've also had some uh, very bad experiences. So I'm hoping that you can tell people what to look for when they are considering a pet sitter. But before we get into that, I want to talk about how, how we met, about the first email that you sent me. Do you remember that? <laughs> about Dusty? Yes, yes. Good. <laughs> you, why, why, don't you, <laughs> why don't you tell that story? Sure, I um I obviously listen to the podcast of your program while I'm driving because of with the pet thing I'm doing a lot of driving from job to job and so I'm in the car a lot. And I was driving along and, and I heard I put my foot on the brake and I heard this squeak and I thought, Oh no, that must be my brakes going. I thought, well, maybe not. Maybe it was a sound from the podcast. I thought, well, I'll, I'll just try again. So I, I just gently put my foot on the brakes and sure enough, squeak. I'm like, oh. and I'm ever the optimist. I thought, I'll just, I'll just try one more time. And I did it again and it squeaked again. I've gone, oh no, I'm going to have to book the mechanic. 
And right then you said, and that was dusty. (laughs) (laughs) So it made me laugh because you had been talking about how cheeky he was and I thought he was playing a practical joke on me all the way over here in Australia. That's very good. And I think think that's the first time I've caused anybody car trouble a continent away. Very good. I have so many questions for you. It's hard to know even where to start. I guess I should start right off by asking you how you took on uh, the role of a pet sitter in the first place. It was actually kind of accidental. I was looking for uh, work and there was a job going um, with a a dog walking and pet sitting company and I had a lot of uh, dog handling experience. But I didn't have much experience with anything else, but uh, he he put me on because you know he felt that I that a, lot, a lot of the job is dog walking, so he felt that that was that, that was suitable, and uh, and so then I just started to learn about all the other different types of animals as each one came along, and it's turned out that that's actually been the the more exciting part of the job for me to be able to make sure that people feel comfortable while they're away and and experience their animals and, and look after them and learn about them. And I just find it really interesting and really satisfying. Do you get a lot of nervous uh, pet owners who, who call you quite a bit while they're, you know, on their trip or away from home? Yeah, yeah very much. But I actually, I actually encourage them to call me because if they, if they call me, then if, if I've got any questions, I can ask them. And also, I'm just fanatical <laughs> about my own pets. So on the rare occasions that I've had to leave them, I've rung whoever's looking after them every single day. And um, and so I think, you know, you need to feel comfortable with the person looking after your pets and to be able to feel that you can call them, even if you do call them every morning and say, now what's happened? How are they? Did they have breakfast? You know, I think that's, that's reasonable for someone who cares as much about their, their pets as I do. Yeah, that's what we tend to do is uh, when we're on a trip, we will call every evening. And I yeah. found it's, I found it's a very good thing to do because there's often something that even though we have given the pet sitter an instruction manual, you know, about the size of war and peace, we always tend to forget something. And so yeah. it's always real good when we talk to the pet sitter and she will say, Oh, here's something I want to ask you. Yeah, it is. It's great. And the other thing is that no matter how much you, because it's such, it's such routine for you, sometimes people don't write down something that, that if I come in and I don't know your animal, is it, I actually need because it's really routine for you. You don't actually think to write it down. Right. So having that extra contact really helps. Yeah, yeah. What was your first pet job other than, you know, the dog walking? What was... Um, we, oh, we do lots of, we do lots of cats, but probably, um, probably the first one was, would have been, um, the house or the yard rabbits. Oh, <laughs> t- one of my first ones where I wasn't actually looking after the rabbits, but they had a lot of rabbits that somebody else was looking after. And they were living free range in the yard. I had never heard of that before. What what kind of rabbits were these? They were huge. They were the most gigantic rabbits I've ever seen. I've since learned that they were probably Flemish giant rabbits. They were just massive. Oh, you can hardly pick those things up. They're so big. Yeah. <laughs> they were, I looked out the window and it was like, I don't know, some kind of rabbit dinosaurs just hopping all over the backyard. Oh, good um, So, yeah, they, they were just huge. And how many of them were there? Um, there are some. I can't remember now. There were a lot. There were like 14 or something. <laughs> and you weren't... You maybe weren't... seven or eight. Maybe I'm over-exaggerating, but wow. there were a lot of rabbits. How did they take care of themselves? Well, they had shelters, and they had. I'd actually gone out earlier in the morning because even though I wasn't looking after the rabbits, we, in summer we have some really hot days. So what I'll do is, is check the water for everybody, even if that's not my responsibility, just because it makes sense to do that. 
And so I'd gone out and there were all these shelters and there were bowls of food and there was bowls of water and uh, not a rabbit to be seen. Yeah. Because clearly they were under the house in the shade having a lovely rest. And uh, then in the afternoon, in the evening, obviously, when I went back to feed the dog again, um, they, they were all there just, just hopping around the backyard and eating their food and having a lovely time. Right. And no problems with predators, I take it. I guess they were too big. We don't really, I mean, we have, we have snakes and, and spiders and things like that, but really the only predator would be, be cats. Um, and I assume maybe they were too large for the cats to have a go at and there were too many of them. I, I would think they would intimidate a cat. Yeah. <laughs> very so, large. Yeah, yeah, and, and no hawks or anything that would get them. No, well, not, I mean, they, we, more near, near the coast. There is more more sort of the birds of prey, but not really at, you know, the, any that we need to worry about. Sort of when you get more suburban. Yeah, well, maybe a deranged seagull would uh, go after. <laughs> Possibly. Yeah. What? Um, this is kind of a tough question for you, but um, which pets would you say are the most challenging to care for? For me, I found the reptiles most challenging because I haven't had anything to do with them before. Yeah. Um, and I don't. Yeah, I just have troubles with uh, working out when they're sick or when they're not acting normal because I don't really know what normal is for them. So for, for me, definitely the, the reptiles are the most difficult. Well, so how, I enjoy them. Yeah. Well, how long are the people usually gone who you're pet sitting for? Usually the people are gone for you know, about, about a week. Sometimes, you know, two weeks would be a long stay. Normally, yeah. normally we do a lot of weekend stuff and, uh, and usually a week is sort of our average yeah. for, for the longer ones. Because I, I'm really stupid about reptiles. Do they, I mean, they have a pretty slow metabolism, don't they? Yeah, yeah. Well, we have. I've not had to look after any snakes, I guess, because they don't need to eat as regularly as some of the others. But some of the lizards, we've, I've looked after sort of bearded dragons, and and they they needed to be fed every day. So I was I was I had to actually wait until they had eaten their food, and because they didn't know me, they didn't really want to eat. So I spent a lot of time lying. If their tank was on the floor, so I spent a lot of time lying on the floor watching them. Yeah waiting for them to eat because apparently if I let the food in there and it went off and then they ate it, that would make them sick. Oh, I've heard that. Yeah. Um, and they really knew it wasn't their It surprised me that they, they really knew I wasn't their owner. And as the time went, you know, as the days went on and I spent time just sitting there watching them and came every day to feed them, they got more used to me and were, were happier about eating from my hands. And It was surprising to me, though, because I, I was lying there watching them and they're so slow that actually it kind of slowed me down as well. So I, I found it really peaceful. It was this lovely time that I looked forward to in my day where I could just sit down and watch the bearded dragons. You, you know what? I probably have the wrong pets for my temperament since I'm kind of, <laughs> I'm hyper and I've got parrots. Yeah. I, I would probably be better off with bearded dragons. Well, I'm a bit hyper too. So yeah, no, the bearded dragons definitely, uh, definitely slowed me down, which was lovely. You know, I did a... Uh, podcast a couple months ago with a uh, guy named Russ Wilson, and he has an African clawed frog as a pet, and mm -hmm. it recognizes him. Wow. Yeah. So I, I guess I shouldn't be surprised. We had a friend who was basically a bird person, and mm -hmm. she brought a uh, boa constrictor over once. Uh, I can't tell you what kind of constrictor it is. I don't know my snakes. Mm. It was the sweetest thing, and you could tell it really liked her. So yeah. Yeah, I, so I, I have a lot to learn about reptiles. So. Well, me too. I was very relieved, actually, when when it finally finished and, and they seemed very healthy and, and I'd spoken to the owners practically every day just to confirm every little thing that had happened. Um, 
And so I was kind of pleased when it finished and I was able to hand them back healthy bearded dragons. Yeah. And I got an email from them later just to say that they got home and the, the bearded dragons were smiling and they were so happy <laughs> and everybody was, everyone was happy and apparently they were really happy to see their owners as well, which was great. Oh, that's great. Now, yeah. ha- have you ever gone to someone's house to pet sit and you found a pet that you didn't know was there? I mean, I, you told me about the rabbits, but I just sort of envisioned somebody uh, having a back room or something, and you go, you go in there and there's, like, something they forgot to tell you about. Uh, no, I haven't actually had that happen. I've gone and found cages and uh, in the garage after I've been feeding. So maybe I've been feeding sort of a cat for a couple of days, and I've had to go into the garage to get more litter and sort of see in a cage. And gone, oh no, they forgot to tell me about the rat or the mouse or something. But they're used, they're all, they've always been empty, thank goodness. So luckily the, uh, yeah, the rabbits were the, were the only surprise that I've had so far. Touch wood. Yeah. Well, t- tell me about the oxalotl. That's a large salamander, isn't it? Yeah. They're kind of, they're kind of cool. They're, we get a few of them. They, they seem to be quite popular for, as pets for children. So we have a lot of them where we'll feed the cat or the dog and then we have to go into the children's room and feed the axolotl. Are you kidding so, me? Um, so they're blind and uh, you can feed them, mostly we feed them mealworms and you need to drop it near them so that they're actually able to, I guess, feel the vibration. I don't quite know how it works, but you drop it near them so that they can eat it and they're really fast. They just snap the food like it's gone in half a second. You know, that's really odd for me to think of them as being popular pets because um, I have never heard of anybody keeping one. I've seen them in, uh, you know, like zoos. Uh-huh. But other than that, um, are, are they South American? You know what? I'm not sure. Yeah. The, you know, there's a famous short story about an axolotl. Have you read that? No, I haven't. Oh, it's by Julio Cortazar, and it's. Oh, I'll have to read. Oh, it. it's great. It's about a guy who goes into uh, a municipal aquarium every day and stares at the axolotl and becomes fascinated by it. And at the end of the story, they change consciousnesses, <laughs> and so <laughs> it ends up with uh, the character in the aquarium looking at the man looking at him. It's it's very it's really exceptional. It's very good. I'll have to read that. Yeah. No, they're, quite, they're very interesting to watch and they're amazingly fast when they swim around. They come in, in lots of different colors. But maybe they're more popular here because we don't have access to a lot of the pets that you have. We don't have gerbils. We don't have hamsters. Is that because uh, you're not allowed to keep them? Yeah, it's because of the import laws. Obviously, we, we didn't import them and then they, they slapped an import law on, I guess, before that ever happened. Right, right, because I know you had a very bad problem. It's probably ongoing with the rabbits. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it is. It's, it's actually a little bit sad because we have um, we have the myxomatosis and the Khaleesi virus, and we, you're only allowed to vaccinate, you're only allowed to vaccinate pet rabbits for one of them. Mm-hmm. And I don't, I don't think you're allowed to vaccinate for myxomatosis, uh, which means that we need to be really careful um, to make sure that all the rabbit cages, if they're outside, have got mosquito netting on them so that they can't get the virus. Oh, yeah. Yeah, So it's, and that's just because the rabbit pop, the wild rabbit problem is, is so bad at times. Well, we're going to take a quick break for a sure. word from the sponsor, and uh, I'm talking to Karen Riddell in Sydney, Australia, and we'll be back, and we're going to get some tips on uh, hiring a pet sitter and even perhaps on if you want to become a pet sitter yourself. We'll be right back. What Were You Thinking? We'll be right back after Bob gets the ducks out of his living room. Don't go away. There's a movement afoot. Shoebuy.com. 
Join the millions of people who shop ShoeBuy.com's over 400 brands and 500,000 products. Order now and get free shipping and free return shipping. ShoeBuy.com, the world's greatest shoe store. Walk your dog in style and comfort. Enter the code THINKING, T-H-I-N-K-I-N-G, at checkout and get a 10% discount plus free shipping at ShoeBuy.com. Love your pets but wish their medications were a lot less expensive? They are at 1-800-PET-MEDS. You'll not only save on flea and heartworm medications, but on prescriptions for arthritis, incontinence, thyroid, and more. And you get fast service, free shipping, and a 100% satisfaction guarantee. Plus, our licensed pharmacists ensure accuracy, monitor drug interaction, and more. See why over 5 million people have trusted their pet's health to 1-800-PET-MEDS, America's largest pet pharmacy. Call now or order online. Go to PetMeds.com forward slash what, W-H-A-T, to get 10% off any order and free shipping on orders of $39 or more. At Petco, we really love pets. There isn't anything we won't do to make sure they're getting the best products and the best care. So when you ask us a question like, So how do you feel about cat condos? We can say from experience, Feels like home. For her. Enter the code WHAT, W-H-A-T, and save 10% on orders of $65 or more, plus free shipping at Petco.com. Where have you been? Oh, Grandma, I've been busy, you know, racing, GoDaddy girl. Oh, I built my own online store with GoDaddy. Really? Let me see. Grandma'sauction.com. Hey, are those Grandpa's golf clubs? Grandma needs her bingo money. Use promo code WHAT10, W-H-A-T, the number 10, and get a .com domain name for just $7.49 at GoDaddy.com. If you ask the question, what do I want, what do I need, I'll take a back shot. I need time, I need love, I crave attention. Love My Pets, the new single by Mark Winter, available on iTunes. Hello, I'm Deborah Wolf, and I'm inviting you to my animal party on Pet Life Radio. The dress code? Come as you are. Pajamas, a tux, you can even go naked like your pets. Unleash your party animal at my animal party. Yes, you know from Animal Planet, TV, radio, the news, and bookstores will be joining me. And that's because after I won Best Pet Radio in America from the DWAA, 
I got my paw on the door and I met a lot of amazing people. And the best of the best are going to be coming to the party. They're coming to party with us. So join us at the animal party. Don't miss the party. Every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. Okay, ducks are in the pond, rabbits in his hutch, and monkeys... Ow! In my car! Oh, okay, well, I go check my insurance policy. We'll turn you back over to Bob. Hi, you're listening to What Were You Thinking? I'm Bob Tart, and I'm talking to Karen Riddell. Am I saying your name right, Karen? Okay, in Sydney. Now, I would think that chickens would be very easy to take care of. In fact, um, you're talking about the bearded dragons. One reason I love our hens is that they're actually very calm, and when I go into the barn, they just kind of cluster close around me looking for treats. But but you've had some problems with hens, right? Chickens are my nemesis. I don't know why. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> chickens and I just don't get along. It's it's and I like them. It's just I don't know. Um, I think I think part of it is because often it's the first time that I need to put them back, put them away. Like people go away, they let them out in the morning because it's often people will let them to, out to run around the backyard during the day, and uh, so then you have to go in, and they, they've never met you, and you're trying to put them back into their little pen. And uh, and I had one incident where it was just pouring rain. And, and I ended up spending, I don't know, probably 20 minutes trying to get these chickens, these two, two little chickens, Blossom and Cherry or something like that, <laughs> back into their pen. And they, they didn't know me and, they, and it was probably a little bit earlier. I think that they because we have daylight savings in summer, I think that their owners usually put them in, you know, closer to sort of seven or eight o'clock at night, whereas I think I was there about five thirty, six o'clock. So they weren't, they weren't having a bar of it. Well, you know, it's funny. I'll bet the owners could go up there and uh, just wiggle a little finger or raise an eyebrow. And the, oh, for sure. Uh, yeah. they, they left this note saying, oh, they're wonderful chickens. You're just going to love them. And they're really, really good about going back in their pen. They're fantastic. Yeah, and yeah, so and there I was laughing and, and in the pouring rain at just at the just the, the stupidity of me running around a backyard with two chickens. It's a job that gives you plenty of opportunity to make a fool of yourself. <laughs> <laughs> well, we we have a large pen attached to the back of our barn, and in the summer, before I, I put them in, I fill up the two waiting pools so that they'll be ready for the ducks the next day. Mm-hmm. And the ducks and hens are pretty smart because as soon as I'm filling the second waiting pool. They're just automatically in the barn. They've just wow. learned, yeah, just by watching me, they've learned the routine and they just yep. march, march in. But of course, I would never probably think of telling a pet sitter that. And, you know, our, our version of Karen would be out there waving her arms and, you know, <laughs> maybe with a net chasing uh, one of our little bantams. So that's right, going. And they said that they were really well behaved chickens. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm sure they are well behaved. They just don't want to go in. That's right. Yeah. Now, we had uh, only once uh, when we were away, our pet sitter had to take one of our animals to the vet. And I'm wondering if that's something you ever have to deal with. Actually, Justice, I haven't until just this Christmas. We had a a cat that wasn't weight-bearing. When the first day I went to feed it, it wasn't weight-bearing on one of its front legs. And uh, so I, I rang the owners and said, look, I really think it needs to go to the vet. So... We, uh, we popped it up to the vet. It had a fight with another cat the day before the, or the day the owners had left. 
they said. But they, again, and this is something that they, they didn't think to tell me. And so probably you know, what I would like to say is that, you know, there is no such thing as too much information for a pet sitter. Because yeah. that way, if I had have known that the cat had, had been in a fight the day that, you know, the, the day that they had left, then it would, I would have made sure to go and, and uh, make sure the cat was walking properly and just, and, and I would have known what it was when I saw the cat wasn't weight bearing. But, uh, but anyway, so we took it up to the vet and, and it had to end up having a, a, a drain put in, got an abscess and, and spent the majority of the time actually at the vet and I picked it up just before they came home. Well, this is probably a good time to talk about, um, what people should do to prepare for a pet sitter so that, you know, they, they give good information. But in the first place, uh, how do people find a pet sitter? In, I don't know how it works in the States. Uh, in, in Australia, it's really still a fledgling industry. So uh, there's, I think there is an ANZ pet sitting organization, but it's not really well publicized. Mm-hmm. So I guess really Googling and, and word of mouth is the best way. Yeah, what we've done is uh, we'll either call a local vet and ask if they have any suggestions. Yeah. And yeah. sometimes, uh, you know, we, we live in a little town out in the country, and so sometimes Linda will put an ad in the little weekly newspaper, mm-hmm. and that's how we found them. But how do you advertise yourself? Is it just word of mouth? We uh, we advertise through uh, the Yellow Pages, and uh, which is sort of the, the big, the big um, phone directory here. And... Then and the internet, we and we get, but we get probably we get most of our business through word of mouth because if people are happy with what we do, then they tell their friends and 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 people are, are looking for someone that they can trust. I think when it comes to their pets, because it's it's really hard to to hand your babies over to somebody else, hoping that they'll look after them the way that you will. Oh yeah, yeah. Do you want to give your business a plug? What what is the name of it? Oh sure, we're just uh, we're just actually I've been working for Home Alone Pet Care for the last five years, and we're just starting um, adding some pet sitting to my own uh, dog training business. So uh, that'll be happening basically as of February, which is really exciting. And uh, so that's uh, the URL for that is spot dog s p o t d o g dot com dot a u. Okay, and we'll and- be working mainly the Hills District in New South Wales. Oh okay, what does that include? Is that the Sydney area or? Yeah, it's not it's not so Sydney metropolitan. It's a it's a little bit sort of northwestern Sydney. Okay. Yeah. Well, what should people have prepared for? Uh, I'm trying to think the best way to put this. How should people prepare to give information to a pet sitter? What do you like people to do, or what do you tell them? We we give people a form, but what, the best thing I think to do is that just wake up one day and everything you do for your pets, write it down. Yeah. And and that way you you actually have by the end of the day written down the routine that you use mm-hmm. and labeling cupboards with the name of whatever it is so the food is here the litter is here the glad wrap is here uh, is is really helpful as well but certainly providing as much information as you can about your routine is helpful because the more I can stick to the owner's routine the happier the pets are like the poor chickens who are trying being put to bed an hour early. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. What we do is we actually have morning schedule for indoor pets, morning schedule yep. for outdoor pets, and then we we go through the day like that and try to cover everything. But I okay. have to say, Linda, <laughs> Linda doesn't want to leave out any details. We used to have a little tiny parrot named Ollie, 
And at night, Linda used to, it's hard to explain, she'd put him in a little hat and swing it back and forth and sing to him. Yeah, it was sweet, but uh, she tried uh, teaching that to a pet sitter, and the pet sitter just kind of looked at her, and I don't blame her. I think think I was maybe expecting a little much. Do do you ever get people who ask you to do, (laughs) probably nothing quite like that, but to sing for their animals or anything unusual like that? Oh, we have people that ask us to, um, like, I had, I had one lady this Christmas who, who asked us to vacuum every day because she didn't want to come home to find cat hair on the lounge. Oh, well, that makes sense to me because, yeah. uh. Well, it made sense to me too because if you yeah. vacuum each day, then it, it, it doesn't build up. So, so that wasn't too bad. But I mean, I tend to think that really, you know, if, if you want me to, anything you want me to do as long as it's sort of not morally weird yeah. is fine because that's, that's what you're paying me for. You're paying me to come in and do what, what is required for your pets. And uh, so, you know, if that involves filling up 18 water bowls for one cat or something, then that's fine. Yeah, yeah. And do you like people to do some kind of a walkthrough or, or what? Yeah, absolutely. If we can do a walkthrough. And then if it's an animal that, um, if the, well, if, if the, the owners are particularly specific about how they want things, um, or it's an animal that I'm not used to caring for, such as a reptile, then uh, just a little bit of a dress rehearsal is great if they can just pop out to a movie or something and I'll come in and, and do what needs to be done because invariably with things like that there are questions and, and I think that that helps me with that part of it and it also, if they can come home from their movie and find that, oh my goodness, she actually did everything we asked, oh, yeah. then it makes them feel more comfortable about going away. Yeah, we have uh, actually had pet sitters before who not only do what we ask, but uh, have actually made some improvements to our pens outside. I was, <laughs> I was sort of embarrassed a little bit by that. Say, so, oh, they straightened this up and they actually, uh, you know, put a few nails in here and there. <laughs> but, but I mean, that's great. That's the kind of person you want to, you have come back. You said something I thought was very interesting. You said when hiring a pet sitter, you should trust your instinct. Now, what did you mean by that? Well, a lot of a lot of sort of my friends will ask me, you know, how how do you know, you know, how how do I know that the person I'm looking for is the right person? And I think very much that you can tell. I mean, I know when I walk into someone's house, they can tell whether the animal likes me or not. And I think sometimes we don't we don't go, you know, we, we as people as as humans we don't go with our instincts. You know, sometimes you think, oh, you know, I'm really not sure about this person. And I think that you, we need to sort of listen to our instincts when it comes to that because we, we can tell how someone's interacting with their animals. We have very remarkably have, uh, we've had some people apply for the job pet sitter and then when they come over to see us, they don't pay any attention to any of the animals. Yes, exactly. And it's it just amazes me that anyone would think that, uh, you know, they were going to get by doing that. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Huh. We have, um, obviously, uh, I train people as to when we have to have new staff members. And uh, the, the number of people that come in and, and just say, I want to do this because it'll be so lovely and I love animals. <laughs> but they, they don't actually realize that, that there's responsibility and work involved with it. So, uh, so there's, yeah, you, you need to, to just trust your instincts on, on who you've got in your house, I think. Yeah, it's a huge responsibility. I, I yeah. admire you for being able to take that on. Fun. When you do it right, it's really good. Yeah. Now, have you ever had a job that uh, you decided not to take because uh, maybe there was something about the animal involved? Uh, not really. Most of the time, we can, we can sort of work through the issues. Probably the, the only ones that we've said no to are ones where there's been a really geriatric dog or cat. Oh, sure. Um, that, you know, needs 
just needs more than someone popping in twice a day to check on it. It needs, it really, you know, they're to the point. And it's unfortunate that some people, when they, they have to go away with a very geriatric animal, kind of think, well, you know, if I leave it, if I leave it and it dies with the pet sitter, then I don't have to deal with that horrible part of it. Oh, yeah. Um, and so we, we won't take on animals that are, that are really on their last legs. Right. Because I, I just don't think it's fair to them if, if I'm not, if I'm popping in twice a day, then, and, they have a fit or they something happens and they need help, then there's no one there for several hours. Mm-hmm. And uh, so in those situations, we rec- recommend that maybe the, the dog stay or the cat or whatever stay at the vet. Right. That's, that's a very good suggestion. What tips would you have for somebody who would be thinking of a career as a pet sitter? Listen. It's all about listening. I think it's about believing that the people who have the pets know what they're doing. And so if you listen to them, they will be able to tell you exactly what normal is. And that's the big thing. You know, what does this creature, be it a cat or a dog or a guinea pig or a rabbit, what does it normally do? What's its normal behavior? And, and how do I look after it? And what do I need to do? And, and if you listen properly, and then, uh, then that pretty much gets you through. Yeah, that's got to be a tough thing, knowing what's normal for an animal. It is. It's as you, I mean, as you see different ones, you get you get more used to it. But because they're all individuals, you need sometimes you need to ask. Yeah, yeah, and plus, um, I'm thinking birds. Since we have parrots, they might decide to act up yeah. you know, while you're taking care of them. Because I mean, our animals act up with us, <laughs> and so they'll probably do it with a pet sitter too. So that would be kind of tough. Uh, my wife's parrot stopped talking for three days last weekend and we uh never did really find out what happened but i was going to take him to the vet on monday but by uh sunday evening he was back talking again but you know that kind of stuff can really scare you and i would think as a, as a pet sitter that would throw you too it's horrible when something like that happens and you think oh this is not i don't know this is normal and and again that's where it comes into just being able to have that communication with the owner so that when they ring you or if you ring them, you can say, look, this is what happened today. Is, is this not, is this something I need to, to get on? Because a lot, with, you know, with a lot of the animals, if there's a problem, you want to get them to the vet sooner rather than later. Right. And I, I guess you need to have not only a love of animals like you were talking about, but you really have to have a lot of patience, don't you? Yeah. Yeah, you do. And, but I mean, it's not, it's not as, I, I wouldn't classify myself really as a patient person. But I don't find it hard when it comes to, to the animals because you know that you need to slow down in order to get them to trust you and, and to start to build that relationship. And it's so satisfying when you, you come in on the third or fourth day and the animal, you know, the house rabbits come pop, hopping up and meet you at the front door and they're so excited <laughs> to see you and you start to really be able to build a relationship with these with these animals. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah, that's great. Well, believe it or not, a half hour has gone by. Wow. Yeah, yeah. So I want to thank you so much for being on the show. It's it's great talking to you. Thank you very much. Yeah, and um, I also want to tell my listeners that if they would like to be on the show, it's easy. Just drop me an email. Just email bob at petliferadio.com. Tell me about the critters you have, and if you have any good stories about them, tell me that. And, uh, you know, tell me a couple stories, and uh, you could be my next guest. So thanks to all my listeners. Thanks to my great producer, Mark Winter. And thanks, Karen. Thank you. Okay, bye. bye. Thinking about buying a monkey? How about a ferret or a skunk? Then check out the show that will answer the burning questions, where do you get them? What do you feed them? How do you take care of them? And most of all, what were you thinking? With exotic pet expert and author Bob Tart, every week on demand from PetLifeRadio.com.